Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the co-founder and CEO of OnGig, Rob Kelly. You can learn more about him and his company, OnGig, at his website, ongig.com. That's spelled O-N-G-I-G.com. Rob, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I I, um, really like how we were talking just a little bit offline about um, things about you. But for people that are hearing about you for the first time, give us a quick snapshot of your life right now. What what keeps you busy or excited nowadays? Boy, besides my five-year-old. So I got a (laughs) five-year-old Maverick. He keeps me super busy. Love it. And, uh, you know, just just staying positive and during, um, you know, during these strange times. It's just to yeah. me, this, this pandemic is a, is a metaphor for life. It's like, hey, mm. big curveball. You know, in the mm. history of people and, and the world, I don't think this is actually going to be that big of a deal. I've mm-hmm. been studying a lot of uh, history lately, but for all of us right this moment, it feels like the biggest thing ever. And yeah. it's a big nuisance, inconvenience, and it's serious stuff for, for some folks. So just trying to power through like everyone else and uh, mm-hmm. make the best of it. And there are opportunities. Entrepreneurs love a time like this. Right, right. When things are bad. A lot of folks get in the fetal position, don't do anything. <laughs> That's when you seize the moment. As Warren Buffett said, you know, be, uh, be fearful when others are, are selfish and be selfish when others are fearful. Mm. So this is a great time to be selfish in a good way right, and build right. things. Yeah, you know, I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, when this started, I mean, at first there was that initial shock, but I think I think a lot of us kind of had a smirk on our face and we're like, hmm, what could we do here? You know, what what new opportunities can arise from this? Because you know, the greatest things come out of tough situations or tough you know circumstances um, and everything. So I really like your attitude on it, and above all else, you know, just keeping a positive attitude, um, even if things are hard. Yeah. So Rob, uh, I know that your company is OnGig. Tell us a little bit about your company. What should people know about it? Sure. Real simple. We are focused on what we think is a super niche. Every Mm -hmm. company in the world has this thing that we work on and especially companies that are growing and they have a host of problems around it. Mm -hmm. And we were shocked to find that there was no good solution and that's job descriptions. So uh, our two main problems that we solve are eliminating boring and biased job descriptions. (laughs) I love that. Well, let's talk about what you mean specifically when it comes to boring job descriptions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you probably know you've seen uh, just as many as, uh, as, as most of us. And most job descriptions are written as if an attorney wrote them. (laughs) Uh, They are both um, boring. They use unnecessarily complex words Mm. uh, in accordance with, notwithstanding. Uh, They're not written by copywriters. We had one client um, more creative than me come up with this line. He said, you know, on gigs like having a mini Don Draper on your shoulder from Mad Men. (laughs) 
you know, the, the copywriter kind of ad expert and who's got a lot of problems, but he's real good at writing ad copy. Uh-huh. And so on gives, gives you a little mini Don Draper on your shoulder to write a punchier, better job ad and makes it inclusive to everyone. Because if you turn off any group of candidates, you're losing the best talent by nature, whether it's women, underrepresented groups, um, folks who are different in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe they've got dyslexia, like Bill Gates, mm. or um, maybe they are on the spectrum, mm-hmm. um, like some folks believe Mark Zuckerberg is. Mm. I think most employers probably would like to hire a young Bill Gates or Mark Zuckerberg on their team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we help them be in- inclusive to all groups. You know, I think that's a really interesting to recognize. So I have been self-employed for the last decade now, but in my young 20s, I remember what it was like to apply for jobs. And unless I, unless I, um, didn't know someone, job descriptions were always just like, oh, <laughs> you know, like it's like, oh, it's like I have to have this. It's very, very, I don't know, uh, task oriented, factual. Like it just, it was just like, oh, can I do this, this, and this? Like, okay, I might as well give that a shot. It was more about attaining the job rather than um, attaining a career, I think. And so I think it's quite interesting how you saw this need that a lot of us don't really realize is a need. And you've provided this um, way to provide more, you know, a better way to write job descriptions. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I know uh, we're talking a little bit about this offline, um, Rob, and on your website under the What We Do, uh, you have something called a a text analyzer. And I think it's actually quite interesting. Can you let our listeners know what the text analyzer is? Sure thing. So you run your job descriptions through the text analyzer software. It's software and OnGig is a software company. That's what we're focused on and pretty good at. We're not a consulting company or agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we like to think we're consultative when it, when, when needed, but um, we focus on just building software because quite frankly, most clients don't want to consult with someone. They want to press a button and have something work. Right. So I'll just give you a recent example. Um, it turns out that a bunch of job descriptions have a phrase that a lot of Uh, employers use, a lot of folks in businesses use all the time. And Mm -hmm. I've got a little prompt here. I think it's filled with Halloween stuff, by the way. (laughs) Right, right. And the prompt is um, something called a brown bag session. Now, that's Mm -hmm. like a lunch and learn session, Mm -hmm. you know, where you learn something at a company Mm -hmm. back when we used to work in an office together. Right. You will come back, but even a virtual brown bag session meant maybe you have an expert come in, a pro, and teach you something. Well, it turns out that about 50 years ago, the brown bag test was a test to color to, to measure the color of your skin. Are mm. you lighter or darker than this brown paper bag? And if you're darker than it, you were not allowed in social clubs. Wow. And in fraternities, sororities, and so forth. And if you were lighter than it, you were. So wow. um, very interesting how just little phrases like, a brown bag session could turn off a person of color yeah. who's hip to that history. So our job is we've got thousands of these phrases that we can flag to make sure the employer is being inclusive because they don't mean any harm from mm-hmm. it. It's mm-hmm. called unconscious biases, as you've heard. Um, mm-hmm. But that doesn't matter to the candidate. They see right. that and they say, I'm out of here. So yeah. text analyzer flags all these phrases and words that can get you in trouble and turn off the candidate. Yeah. Uh, Do you mind sharing maybe a couple of examples or common phrases that, uh, you know, employers should keep in mind, you know, to avoid in their job descriptions? 
Yep. So it kind of comes in a couple of categories. One is the first problem we solved was to help employers hire more women. Mm. And in that case, there's some language that as a group cohort in marketing, we like to use that cohort um, word because, again, we have to generalize. In marketing, mm-hmm. sometimes we do have to generalize in groups. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out if you use words like aggressive, competitive, um, a hunter, we're looking for a <laughs> hunter salesperson, it turns out that those words in a job description tend to attract men better and turn off some women. And last I checked, there's no data to ever prove, for instance, that a woman's not as good a salesperson as, uh, as a man. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if you're an employer and suddenly you're using those phrases and you're you're turning off great women sales reps, um, your business is losing out. Mm-hmm. So that's on the gender side. And there's data to prove all this, um, mm-hmm. studies that show all this. Then on the non-gender side, very simple. Think of it as like um, a style book for bias. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for instance, uh, do you use the word Latino anymore? Uh, mm-hmm. to, to describe the Latin community, or is Latin or Latinx appropriate? Right, right. Um, and that one has gender in it too, because Latino is, as you know, a masculine word. Right, right. And that's a right. current one. You can read the newspaper right now and see Latino all over the place, but some of these things are happening as we speak. Mm-hmm. So, or um, spam is sometimes called, um, well, you set up a blacklist mm-hmm. so you don't get spammed. Well, does, how does blacklist, which is implying anything black, then but black is bad versus mm. a white list. Are those mm-hmm. the best terms in technology to use? So we give, we'll flag those and give you synonyms to swap right in, clean it all up. And yeah. so employers are going to on gig and scrubbing their job descriptions uh, using our software. Wow. It's amazing how powerful words really are. It kind of reminds me of that quote, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But in reality, <laughs> words can sometimes be more powerful than sticks and stones. And, you know, again, like I'm hearing this, it's, it's interesting because it's like, I've always, I feel like I've always sensed that, like, in, mm-hmm. like you said, the words aggressive or hunter, I always thought like, oh, that just feels very like hyper-masculine or very masculine traits that they're looking for. And I think, it really excludes people who have a more gentle way of doing sales, but you're not going to see like a gentle salesperson, you know, you're not going to see that yeah. in like most job descriptions. And so, and, and I feel like there's this whole movement, um, in the work, in the work, force nowadays to have more empathy in sales and what you do. And it's not just the aggressive, like, you know, a typical uh, used car salesperson. It's like, hey, like, it's about relationships today. It's about meeting people where they're at and then just being that guide to help them um, achieve what they want. In this case, uh, applying for a certain job or even getting the right uh, potential employees to apply, you know, for your job. And so it's a, it's a very fascinating conversation in which I'm grateful that, you know, you and your company are doing. Oh, well, thank you, Jen. That makes me happy. Yeah. Consider your job description. I mean, for your audience, for any business of any size, it is a sales or marketing pitch. Mm-hmm. You're marketing an opportunity. And I call a hire a million dollar transaction. So nice. I have people on my team who I have paid, I, uh, as the head of OnGig, CEO of OnGig, OnGig has paid over a million dollars in wow. salary over the That's years. Amazing. And I am happy to see that number. 
The reason mm-hmm. I'm happy is we've gotten tons more value than that, obviously, mm-hmm. um, you know, or we wouldn't keep that person, right? Right, right. Um, so, and it's been proven, by the way, that if you were big enough to hire 100 people at your company and you wanted to be at a level of a public company, like mm-hmm. the S&P 500, the best hire out of those 100 is worth $32 million per year to your business. Wow. So that's for larger businesses. Some of your audience might be on the smaller side. But again, the point is that best hire can mm-hmm. move the needle. Mm-hmm. They could generate a million, $5 million, $10 million a year for your business. So you just got to make sure you nail that job posting. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that um, we could easily say that on gig is for everyone. <laughs> on gig is for every company, <laughs> every employer, every recruiting agency, what have you. Uh, but I'm curious to know what have who have been your you know, top clientele to, to work, or at least to, you know, work through the software of OnGig. Yep. So we've got, uh, what we found is we started off with startups, focusing mm-hmm. on startups, because we were a startup and we were kind of um, simply ignorant in that way. We said, oh, mm-hmm. let's sell to ourselves and folks in our backyard here in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And what we found was that was a harder way to grow the business because startups, a lot of them fail. Yeah. Um, a lot of them suddenly have money and then don't. <laughs> yeah. And so we started to go after larger companies. So a lot of our clients are um, in the Fortune 1000 largest companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, brands you would know about just, uh, you know, the best amusement park you've ever been to or um, insurance policies for probably half of your audience. Wow. Clients uh, who do things like that. And so it's a great list or um, Yum Brands, Burger King, Kentucky Fried Chicken, um, and so forth, Pizza Hut. So, um, and then we've got a lot of brands who no one's ever heard of. Uh, I call them the unsexy brands, but great businesses. <laughs> uh-huh. They're great businesses, but they may be one of the largest companies in the world and mm. you don't know about them. Um, they often need a lot of help to tighten up their their content, their stories, and their job postings. Mm -hmm. Um, so, um, that we can really move the needle for a client like that as well. Yeah. So a lot of examples for our listeners, especially if they fall within any of those categories. Yep, absolutely. And we're starting to try to serve smaller and smaller businesses. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely are trying to help just to, to pay the bills. We had to close the big Close the big deals first. <laughs> right. We'll go back and help the the little the little people first, or the the more youth. Yeah, we youth, care about them. We're the one of them. Later, we know <laughs> yeah. how it goes. Uh, we care about them. So, um, and also, there's an element of at scale. You know, yeah. if you've got a hundred job descriptions to deal with, that's a lot harder than if you're starting your business and you just have one. You know, the owner of the business can scrub it themselves and do a pretty good job. Um, but uh, when you've got twenty, fifty, hundred, a thousand. Uh, then it's very hard to do. Yeah. So um, the next question I want to ask you involves just the fact that you've been in business for 10 years. And I think you hinted at this already, how you're able to be sustainable. You shared how at first you were working with startups and then you decided to go for the big businesses. In addition to that, you know, to help pay the bills so that you can help the smaller businesses. uh, How how have you stayed sustainable for the last decade? You know, it, um, we got lucky we, about a year before COVID, well, to be honest, about three years before COVID, we, we set a goal. It took mm-hmm. us, we, we thought it would be that year, call it 2016, <laughs> 17. 
um, to be cash flow positive. Mm. And I did that, uh, even though a lot of tech startups don't care about that, they just think they can get endless money and, and a lot of them do. And that's great. Mm-hmm. For us, we're a little different. My dad taught me to think long-term and not rely on someone else. And so we became cash flow positive last year. And mm-hmm. luckily enough, when COVID came, um, we the nature of our business is it's a SaaS software business. So it's mm-hmm. cloud software. Mm-hmm. So most of our clients pay an annual subscription, one year, maybe two or three even. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't see a huge dip in sales mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And I know you were going to ask about the same way, so I'll tie it together. Um, but we did see the interest in OnGig, like demo requests and people who wanted to meet with us tanked during wow. COVID, 90% mm-hmm. down. So our sales kind of flattened. We were holding on, mm-hmm. um, but we were real worried about the future. Yeah. And the good news was, though, we were cash flow positive. We had some money in the bank and we were able to weather the storm. Wow. Warren Buffett says, don't worry about predicting um, rain, uh, instead, build arcs which is a mm. great quote, you know, mm-hmm. don't, it's something I'm paraphrasing, butchering it, but don't predict rain, build arcs. Mm. And so one arc is being cash flow positive. And when that rain storm hit with the pandemic, we, we had some arcs to float along in and, and, um, and some food there and we were yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So, you had uh, things uh, stashed away. <laughs> And a big part of that, by the way, was, um, and I know you've, you love your, uh, your action tips, I think you call them, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if you want to go into that, but- uh, We're into it. Is, <laughs> We're here now. <laughs> yeah. There's an element of, of focus. I know it's so overused, but mm-hmm. uh, I call our business a super niche. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm biased, of course. I mean, I call it super because I'm proud of it. Um, but I really believe in, in niching your business, mm-hmm. you know, whether you, you focus on a niche like job description software and Hey, we're doing great. Happy team growing cash flow positive, all good. Mm-hmm. Um, you can then stay there if you want, or you have the opportunity to then grow. So Facebook started on just Harvard directory mm-hmm. and then scaled it up. That was great. Craigslist started. Most people don't know this, but I was a subscriber. They started as an email newsletter just on techie events only in San Francisco. That was it. It was no bulletin board. But at the bottom, suddenly people said, hey, would you put an ad down here? I've got a garage sale or I'm trying to hire someone. Mm -hmm. And Craig, new Mark, who I've um, hung out with a couple times from Craigslist, he said, uh, well, uh, w- would you pay a little money for it? <laughs> you know? And they said, uh, okay, that's 50 <laughs> bucks sound. And, and then go forward now. Talk about an amazing super niche business. Mm-hmm. I think they do over $100 million a year in sales, highly profitable, wow. the most productive company revenue per employee, more than Google and Facebook, that based on my own data that I know of. What a great business. No yeah. outside venture capital funding. So a super niche. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I think that um, especially for starting entrepreneurs, they take that for granted or they just cannot believe that they could be successful if they just uh, niche down. But I yep. think as you start to grow, you start to realize that just going back to what you were saying when you started your business and you first focused on startups, you realize like you couldn't just do that. You had to um, fine tune the people you were targeting. And so you started going for bigger companies. And so, you know, it sounds to me that you had also evolved as a company to, to niche down. Um, and so I think it's a good lesson for people to remember um, and be reminded that you actually could be more effective if you niche down. And you can win. When mm. you're going big, it's very hard to win. Like you and I, as, if, if, we were, as, if we were the smartest people on earth, it would be very hard to take on Google right now or mm. Facebook or mm. even start a new news site. Mm -hmm. But if you and I said, well, you know what? What if we did only news on the podcast industry. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Podcasts yeah. are hot. Does yeah. anyone own that yet? And that's a niche now, but if podcasts keep growing, that's huge. Folks are going to want to know what's Jen Amos doing today? Mm -hmm. what, what's she wearing? What's she talking about? <laughs> Where is she? Right. So um, just a little example of how you can start small and um, do well and grow with, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. And again, or stay small. That could be a nice lifestyle business. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, it also depends on your goals as an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, uh, before we go, any, any closing advice or anything else you want to share about OnGig or just, you know, to our entrepreneurs and small business owners listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur? I know you like kind of one-liner quotes and, and things um, for the show, and I've, I've heard some folks use them in the past. I really do believe that... Um, one of my heroes is Jerry Garcia, the, the um, old guitar player for and leader of the Grateful Dead, even though he never wanted to be the leader. And he always said, um, hey, the Grateful Dead, we're not the best at what we do. Mm -hmm. We're the only ones that do what we do. Wow. And if you there can you say that about your business, you got to pick something sizable enough to pay the bills. Um, but there are other quotes like on my wall, Oscar Wilde says, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. You know, same thing on yeah. a human level. Um, Grateful Dead was more on a team, bigger level, group level. And hey, be unique. Find out what you can really do, some damage in in a, in a positive way. And you can be very happy, very successful. And then opportunities to be a Facebook or Google down the road if that's what you want. I love that, Rob. Thank you so much. I mean, on that note, I think it's a great way to wrap up. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Continued great work. I look forward to listening to uh, your future podcast. I know you kind of took over the seat here <laughs> recently, and so I'm yeah. psyched to uh, yeah, I'm psyched to just follow your success. Oh, thanks, Rob. And uh, again, to our listeners, this is Rob Kelly. He is the co-founder and CEO of the company OnGig. You can learn more about him and his company at OnGig.com. That's O-N-G-I-G.com. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, Tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform 
and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.